Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. You're listening to Prime Time on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly with Timothy Goh. And it's a big week for market moving events with the latest OPEC Plus talks ending in disappointment. Well, investors are waiting to Fed also to release their June minutes to see if they will give any clues about when the central bank will act on rates again. And joining us on the line to give us his insights, we welcome back Pushan Dutt, Professor of Economics and Political Sciences at INSEAD. Pushan, welcome back to Primetime. Thank you, Rachel. Oh, we hope you've been keeping well, Pushan. Yes, yes. You sound very well. So first <laughs> off, let's start with the big news of the day. Oil prices jump to multi-year highs after a breakdown in OPEC plus talks as Saudi Arabia, Russia and the UAE struggle to reach a compromise on production policy. What are your thoughts, Pushan? Could we see a price war? I don't think that there will be a price war. Uh, so this entire spat is about Saudi Arabia wants to raise production in order to actually stabilize oil prices. Now, the technical details are that these increases are based on some production quota set in 2018. But since then, what the UAE has done is it's invested heavily to boost its oil output capacity, and it wants to quickly monetize this before there's a move away from fossil fuels. So they basically disagree on the production mm-hmm. target. Uh, but underlying this, there are also some political uh, turmoil between the UAE and Saudi Arabia. So in Yemen, for instance, the Emiratis have exited, while the Saudis are still mired in a very costly war. There are disagreements over Qatar, over relations with Israel. But there's also increasing economic competition in terms of attracting talent and investment between the two countries. So the Saudis want to challenge the UAE's position as the region's major business hub. So going forward, I think they will resolve this dispute quietly by just allowing the UAE to produce more. Uh, But if the agreement completely fails, then oil prices may rise further, which might actually have ramifications for the Fed changing interest rates. Well, what about the uh, impact to global economic recovery, though? Uh, What kind of an impact will this have? So it depends on whether, you know, if oil prices continue to stay uh, elevated, if many of the emerging countries which are actually net importers of oil, you know, they would are likely to suffer. But uh, if you are a net exporter of oil, so, you know, someone like Malaysia, for instance, this might be good for you. So, uh, so it, uh, but at the same time, you know, there, there is an increasing movement away from you know, from fossil fuels, this is this has been accelerating across the world. So at least in the long term, I don't think that there is a huge impact. And in fact, if oil prices remain elevated, this will increase the incentives to move away from fossil fuels. Mm, now, turning our attention to the U.S. now, Pushan, and over the Independence Day holiday celebrations, U.S. President Biden announced that the U.S. had achieved independence from COVID-19. How much of a, um, how significant of a milestone is this? So uh, I'm off, I'm double-minded about this. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to give uh, President Biden a lot of credit because when he comes into office, he said that the coronavirus was the number one priority and he and his team have delivered. So they rolled out infrastructure for distribution. They used the Defense Production Act, but most importantly, they depoliticized the issue working with governors, who, regardless of whether they were Democrats or Republicans. Now, they narrowly missed the 70% target of uh, vaccination, the, of vaccinating the population. 
but I would say 67% is, is close enough to 70%. Now, what are the concerns? The concerns are that vaccination rates are low in certain regions among some ethnic groups, and especially among Republican voters. And uh, a recent poll says that 20% of the U.S. population is actually sure that they will not get vaccinated. Now, with the Delta variant rising, this means that we are likely to see local flare-ups in, 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 let's say, the U.S. South or the Midwest, the places which have the lowest vaccination rates. And then hospitalizations and deaths will follow. So these will be, they will be limited because of the efficacy of the vaccine. Now, uh, but I think the greatest risk is that the rich countries have hoarded all the vaccines and many developing countries simply have not had access to this. And on this, the U.S. administration has actually not moved very fast. So we are seeing a surge in Indonesia and Thailand just in these regions. And the big risk that all the rich countries face is that there's a variant that breaks through the vaccine's protection and eventually spreads back to these countries monopolizing the vaccine. All right, moving on, uh, Professor, the uh, the feds will be releasing their June minutes uh, this coming Thursday where they signal interest, uh, interest rate increases were closer on the horizon than previously thought. So what might investors, uh, you think, learn from the minutes uh, and what are the expectations? So I think that we will not learn too much from the minutes. And the reason for this is that you know, COVID is a really unique shock. So we don't have... Neither us as investors or the Fed has a playbook on to what to do. So there are some people, some economists who believe that, you know, that we are getting into this wage price spiral and inflationary expectations are taking off. On the other hand, the Fed believes that whatever increases in inflation we see, these are sort of temporary and they're mainly due to disruptions in the global supply chains following COVID. So I think what will happen in the next meeting is they will leave interest rates un- unchanged But they will make a lot of these if-then statements. If this happens and we Mm. see this number, then we will actually start thinking about increasing interest rates. But let me highlight one risk. The one risk which is sitting in the global economy is that the quantitative easing policy of the Fed has created huge distortions in financial markets. There's just too much liquidity sloshing around looking for yield. So we see bubbles in Bitcoin, in mean stocks, and, you know, prices, asset prices are running ahead of fundamentals. So I think the Fed has to pay attention to and think about bearing back this quantitative easing and tapering it off uh, and only then think about raising interest rates. We're speaking with Pushan Dutt, Professor of Economics and Political Sciences at INSEAD. Also coming up this week, Pushan, we've got the G20 finance ministers. They're going to discuss this global tax proposal. We've spoken about this before. What's the appetite for this around the world? And if agreed, how long might this take to come into effect? So uh, at the very outset, let me say, I think that this is a good idea because mm-hmm. it solves the problem of race to the bottom on tax rates across countries. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised that 130 countries, which included not just China, but also tax havens like the Bahamas and Cayman Islands, they signed on to this proposal. So that's a big win for the Biden administration in terms of, you know, getting some sort of global consensus around this proposal. But the devil is in the details. Now, for instance, for this proposal to go through, the U.S. has to pass domestic legislation. Now, in the U.S. Senate, the Democrats will support it, the Republicans will oppose it, and because there's a 60-vote threshold in the Senate, it will be very difficult to pass legislation, you know, putting this into place. Republicans have already said in the U.S. that they're going to oppose this global minimum tax tooth and nail. Now, multiply this problem by 130, because you've got 130 countries. 
uh, each of them have to uh, pass domestic legislation. So I think we, what we should think about this is that this is a marathon and this is not like a sprint where victory is very close and we get a global minimum corporate tax some, you know, sometime very soon. Well, Pushan, thank you so much for joining us this evening and sharing all of those insights with us today. We've been speaking with Pushan Dutt, Professor of Economics and Political Sciences at INSEAD. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.